Hi, this is Youth Ministry with Tyshawn Rowland. I'm so excited for today's episode. We're going to be talking about being yourself. But before we get into today's episode, I want to give you a book recommendation. I really encourage you to get all these books I'm recommending. I think it's essential for leaders to be readers. I think you have to ingest content. I'm always baffled by people who walk in ministry and refuse to read. It's harder when you go through ministry without reading books and getting content. So I do think a podcast like this is helpful, but I think books are essential. And the book that I want to recommend for you today is a book by a man by the name of Dr. Henry Cloud called Integrity. Integrity is much more than honesty. It's a key ingredient to success, but it is the main ingredient to longevity. I want you to be in this not just for a good time. I want you to be here for a long time. And the thing that I can encourage you, if you want to be in here for a long time, if you want longevity to be associated with your name, if you want longevity to be associated with your ministry, integrity will be required of you. And he breaks down in six simple steps what integrity is and the ways that you can apply them. So I encourage you to get this book. And while you get this book, I want you to open up your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and i'm going to read from verse 38 through 40 because it's going to help us as we talk about being yourself today and it reads like this then saul clothed david with his armor and he put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail and david strapped his sword over his armor and he tried in vain to go for he had not tested them then david said to saul i cannot go with these for i have not tested them so david took them off and he took his staff in his hand chose five smooth stones from a brook put them in the shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand and he approached the Philistine. This is the story where David is about to kill Goliath. You know the story. If you're a youth pastor, it's one of the go-to. I think every youth pastor, there's three go-tos we have. Joseph, we go from the from the pit to the prison to the palace. David fighting Goliath. And if an all fails, preach on storms. Preach on storms. I'll, a student is always going through a storm. But this story is very important when it comes to us meeting David. This is honestly his main introduction. He shows up on the scene. He's about to fight Goliath. And Saul does what a lot of leaders would do if someone younger than you said, hey, I want to go in battle. The first thing you're going to do is give them an armor. And the second thing you're going to do is going to give them a weapon. And that's exactly what Saul does. He gives him his armor. He gives him a weapon. And David takes it. He puts it on and he moves. And he's like, I can't, I can't do this. And he tells Saul, he says, Saul, I, I, I can't wear this. I, I, it doesn't fit. It's not tested. And so he takes off what Saul put on him. That's important to note in the text. I think a lot of us, when it comes to identity, you're going to have to strip off what people put on you to find out exactly who you are. And that's what David does. He strips off his armor, off, off of Saul's armor, and he goes to what he knows. He grabs a staff five stones. You know the story. He puts it in the sling. He swings it around, hits him in the head. He takes Goliath's sword, cuts its head off. And then the be it's the beginning of the story of David. And I think it's important because right here we see that what David is known for from the beginning is playing to his strengths, not imitating other people's. It it's important for you to play to your own strengths. It's important to you not to be a person that just wants to look like everybody else, sound like everybody else, and, and, and act like everybody else. And that's exactly what David knows. David's like, this doesn't fit. And I wish the Bible said it didn't fit yet. Because eventually we know that David would wear armor. I hope you don't go throughout your whole Bible reading thinking that that's what he was doing. Like every time they went to war, he says, no, 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 put the swords down. Put it down. I got some rocks. No, this was a one-time thing. It was in the beginning of the battles 
for David that he chose to play to his strengths. And eventually, as he grew in stature, of course we know he was wearing armor, of course we know he had a sword, but in this particular moment, it didn't fit yet. This identity, this armor, these tools, this sword, it didn't fit him right now. And he made a decision, I'm gonna take this off, I'm gonna strip this off, and I'm gonna go with what I know. And I think a lot of us need to do that as we lead in youth ministry. We need to go with what we know. We need to stop trying to imitate our other leaders. We need to stop wearing things that don't fit. We need to stop trying to act like we can wield a sword when we never had a sword before. We need to stop acting like we can fit this armor. Eventually, yes, you will grow into it, but not today. And I love that David's story starts off saying, hey, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be who God has called me to be. I'm going to go with what I know. I think a lot of youth pastors and a lot of young ministers, period, need to have this mentality when it comes to growing in the identity of a preacher, when it comes to growing in the identity of a minister. You need to go with what you know instead of being a carbon copy of your favorite preacher. Now, I could call out some people, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to call out myself. And I'm going to tell you a little story about me. I remember when I was a kid, I got saved uh, when I was 12 and I got called in the ministry. And I'll never forget, I fell in love with preaching almost immediately. Like it wasn't hard for me to start watching preachers. It wasn't hard for me to start ingesting in content. I'm still like that today. I love listening to preachers of all different expressions of faith. I find it riveting. I find it exciting. And I think it's helpful as a development of a preacher, as a young preacher myself. And so I have nothing against listening to other preachers. But I will say this, when I was younger, from age like 12 to about 17, 18, there were three particular preachers that had my identity in a chokehold, okay? Number one, you already know. You already know. Bishop T.D. Jakes. Mr. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Number two was Pastor Chris Hill. If you believe it, say yeah. You don't even know about that. If y'all don't know, you don't know. And then last one, he wasn't black, but he might as well be. It was Judah Smith. These three preachers had my identity in a chokehold. I found myself rather wanting to be another version of them than being the person that God has called me to be. I remember I, I would always work out thoughts on a walk. I lived across the street from the church and it was about a 20, 25 minute walk. And while I would walk, I would work out a thought. I would work out a preacher thing. And literally what I would do is I would hear T.D. Jakes say it and I would try to say it like T.D. Jakes. And I remember this one particular day, I was 17. It was a week before my internship. And as I was walking, I was working out some sermon thought I had and I stopped at the stoplight like right before I pressed the button to walk across the crosswalk I stopped and I was listening to myself and I was like Tyshawn is this is this you or is this Judah or is this Chris or is this T.D. Jakes I, I didn't know I didn't know who I was at that point I remember just thinking to myself this is going to be problematic because if I don't even know how to distinguish my voice from theirs I'm definitely never going to be able to find my voice at all so it was around 17 years old that I decided to do something. I fasted, not food, because why would you do that? I fasted my favorite preachers because I didn't want to take on their identity anymore. I was starting an internship. I was starting the journey of growing in the things of God, growing in the things of ministry. And I wanted to follow God and I wanted to follow my originality as I was walking in obedience. I think sometimes we can walk in obedience, but without injury. Uh, originality. Sometimes we're walking in obedience, imitating other people, imitating other things we've heard, imitating other things we've seen. And the thing that I want to encourage you today is to stop imitating and to be yourself. 
because I know what it feels like to have your favorite preacher and you just want to get the same result they have. You want people to respond to you the same way they respond to them and things like that. That makes so much sense. But I think in today's age in society, I think we need more authenticity. I think we need more originality. I, I really do believe this, that the stamp of anointing is going to be shown by people who walk in authenticity. I believe that God is raising up specific sounds that don't maybe sound the best or the coolest right now, but they're original. And if there's anything I want to encourage anybody to do, your favorite preacher, go listen to their old stuff and listen how they used to sound. Now, they were great, but how they used to sound then and how they sound now, you can see how even they were growing in their own originality. I can look back at certain preachers and see when they took off the armor of the person they were looking onto to become the person that God was calling them to be. And I think that's essential when it comes to leadership. I think that's essential when it comes to being a youth pastor and even when it comes to being a preacher. I remember when I was in a school, my counselor actually told me this and she told me this was a quote from a man named Howard Hendrick. When I first heard this, I heard this from Howard Hendricks, but now a lot of people will give um, John Maxwell credit for this, but I think they both kind of said it their own way. But we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. When I first heard this, I disagreed with it because when my counselor told me that, I was like, I'm nothing like my algebra teacher. I'm nothing like my science teacher. I'm nothing like my counselor. I don't feel like I'm like them. Like you guys are teaching me what you know, but I'm not like you. So I disagree with this. But then as I've gotten older, I realized that teachers come in many shapes and forms. Our parents are teachers. Our grandparents are teachers. Our coaches are teachers. Our friends are teachers. Our boss are teachers. Our employers are teachers. And even pastors and preachers are our teachers. And as a youth pastor, you got to know that you're reproducing another people. You're reproducing students. You're reproducing leaders. And I have a question for you. What kind of person are you reproducing? Are you reproducing copycats? Because if you're a copycat, that is what you're going to reproduce. Or are you walking in originality? Because if you walk in originality, that is what you're going to reproduce. I believe that it's very important to walk in originality. I know it's scary. I know it's nerve wracking. I know sometimes we're like, man, I don't want to be myself. It sounds it's it's cooler to sound like Furtick. It's cooler to sound like Pastor Judah Smith. It's cooler to sound like whoever your favorite preacher is. But I'll be honest. That's not why God called you to ministry. He did not call you into ministry to be a carbon copy of your favorite preacher. And if there's anybody he wants you to imitate, it is Jesus. He does not want you to imitate your favorite preacher because sometimes we can get lost following our favorite leader and we can lose our voice because we're following theirs too much. And today that I, what I want to talk about is something that I see everywhere. I think it's important in ministry to develop your own voice. And a lot of people that are listening to this podcast, majority of you are either in your first ministry pastoral job or you're early in ministry if you're watching this podcast. And I want to encourage you as you're early in ministry, don't opt out for learning how to be yourself to try to be another person because this is the least responsibility you'll ever have right now. Believe me, your life is only going to get more busy. You're only going to have more meetings. You're only going to have more budgets. You're only going to be called to do more things. And so if you don't learn your voice right now, you're not going to learn your voice later. I think sometimes in, in efforts, because we don't have enough time or we don't want to do anything, we're like, I'll steal this sermon. I'll steal this. And then one day I'll start working on my own stuff. But then what happens one day down the road, you get more busy. 
and the muscle to steal sermons has gotten stronger than the muscle to write sermons. The muscle of imitation has gotten stronger than the muscle of originality. And so I want to encourage you right now to get strong in being yourself. Just like you have to learn how to be another person, you also have to learn how to be yourself. It's a journey to knowing who you are, especially when it comes to who you are on stage. One of the greatest compliments you can get as a communicator is not just that you killed it, it's that you actually were yourself while you were killing it. I know a lot of people that can get up, grab the mic, and destroy it and shut it down, and the whole time they were being a carbon copy. But what's really cool to me is when people can do that same thing by being themselves. I remember someone who I looked up to called me recently and he was telling me, he said, Tyshawn, I listened to one of your sermons and I just was going perusing some things on YouTube. I listened to one of your sermons and bro, I love the whole time I was listening to you. I was like, this is what it's like to talk to Tyshawn. This is what it's like to hang out with Tyshawn. I'm not getting a different version. He's not playing a character up there. That is actually who he is. And I think majority of us need to stop pretending to be someone we're not and just own who you are. I remember my mom set me free. She looked at me when I was a kid. I look back on it, it was probably bad parenting, but she said, you're a weirdo, son. And I was like, where is, where is this going? Where is this going, mom? She's like, but you own it. You own your weird quirks. You own that way because someone somewhere is going to be influenced and they're gonna appreciate your originality. And you know what? My mom, though she was not a preacher and though she doesn't really grab a microphone a lot, she knew exactly what she was talking about. It was my mom telling me that that made me sell out to being myself. And I want you to sell out to being you. You are enough. You are called. You are anointed. God has a tailor-made, unique call for your life. And every time you imitate your favorite person, you miss out on what God actually wants to do in you. And I think a lot of times I see a lot of people stealing sermons I see a lot of people stealing like cadences and things like that. And I want to talk about the three things that I see people steal that we need to stop stealing. Okay. And the three things are this content, cadence, and quirks. I wanted another C, but quirks, and it sounds like a C, you know, so content, cadence, and quirks. What content is, it is the written material. It is the actual thing. I, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you where you're listening to a preacher and you're like, man, this is really good. It's almost like, it's almost like I heard this before. And then you pause the sermon and you go find the other sermon that this person is stealing. That is content stealing. They are essentially plagiarizing another person's work. And I just want to say this, like as a preacher, I've had a few people, I'm not like Robert Madu or anything like that. I didn't think I'm like Robert Madone. Okay. So I'm, I don't think everyone out here is stealing my content, but I do remember one particular night, it was last year. Um, I was laying down, going to bed. My wife already fell asleep and I put on this preacher and I was like, I want to see what they're preaching. I played it. And as I played the sermon, I was like, man, well, I remember I, I preached this text. I'm gonna see what they're going to say. Well, I, I opened up like that. I wonder where they're going to go. Oh my gosh. And this person stole my sermon and I'm not even going to lie. They preached it better than me. I'm not even going to lie the way they were preaching. And I was like, Man, I wish I preached it like that. I woke my wife up because I didn't believe it. I was like, Ty, you're being private. There's no way he stole your stuff. So I woke my wife up. I said, babe, watch this. What does it sound like? And she looked at me. She's like, they stole your content. And honestly, I'm going to tell you what I didn't feel. I wasn't happy about it. It wasn't like one of those things like, yeah, keep stealing. If anything, it kind of hurt a little bit because I know the pain that sermon came from. 
I know the process that sermon was birthed in. I know the season that I wrote that sermon in. I remember what I was going through and I remember how the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. And there were just so much for me. Sermons aren't just paragraphs and sentences that I throw together, put a joke here, put a transitionary statement there, get them to the altar and call today. No, for me, it is God using what I'm going through in life and revealing his truth with my problems and giving me a way, a solution to communicate that to students, to preachers, to leaders, to churches, and whoever I have the great opportunity to speak to. And so when people just steal my content, it's not only disrespectful, but sometimes it's dishonorable. And I just want you to know, if you're going out here stealing people's content verbatim, you need to stop that because of two reasons. Number one, it's wrong. It's so wrong. If I told you today that I'm coming out with a book on integrity and I stole everything from this man and I just flipped it upside down and I just changed the color and instead of saying integrity, I'm just going to talk about consistency. No, that's still wrong. And it's disrespectful to Dr. Henry Cloud because he paid so much for this material. And so don't go around stealing. You can be inspired, but, but don't go stealing. You know, you, have you ever heard this quote, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Do you know that's not the full quote? This is the full quote. I'm going to read it to you. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery that mediocrity can pay to greatness. But someone didn't want to know they were mediocre, so they just said the first part of it. They're like, imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah, if you're mediocre and you want to pay homage to the person that's greater. I think sometimes we allow inspiration to stay at the level of imitation. You shouldn't be inspired to imitate. You should be inspired to go create it in the same way, but with your own originality. That's the beauty of being inspired. It's when you listen to another man's work or another person's song or read another person's book and it inspires a similar idea, but you have your same way of saying it. That's what we should do. We should be people that aim to say, hey, I want to be myself. So this content that I'm inspired by, I appreciate it. I'm grateful for it, but I'm not going to steal it word for word. So number one, a lot of people steal content. Number two, a lot of people steal cadence. Cadence is not what they're saying, but it's the way they're saying it. Um, th there's a cadence to Bishop T.D. Jakes' preaching. There's a cadence. There's a rhythm to how he communicates. I know who listens to T.D. Jakes by the rhythm of the way they communicate because I can hear it in their cadence. If they emphasize a certain word, I'm like, you're inspired by that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a few people's cadences here and there. But if your whole sermon is you imitating the cadence of a Judah Smith or a Stephen Furtick, it just makes you hard to listen to because why listen to the copycat when you can go listen to the original? It is so hard for me to listen to people that steal the cadence of Jensen Franklin or Stephen Furtick simply because I worked for both of them. So when I'm hearing someone that steals their cadence, I'm like, man, this is good, but man, you... You're, you're a bad version of the original because I know the original and the original is good. So it's better to have your own cadence. It's better to have your own rhythm of saying things. Do you want to say it fast? Do you want to say it low? Do you want to say it slow? Do you want to say it quick? Develop your own way of speaking. Develop your own way of saying things. Now, in the beginning, just like David, you have to wear it to see if it fits. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with putting on a T.D. Jakes quote or a putting on a T.D. Jake's cadence moment, you're like, I'm going to say it like this. Does it fit me? Does it fit me? It probably could, but maybe it could fit a different way. Maybe you got to figure out how to tailor made that, that thing that you're trying to imitate to you. You ever see someone that there's an outfit that you like, 
and you like you see someone wearing it, you're like, oh my God, this is the best outfit. And you go, you find out where they bought it and you go buy the same exact thing and you wear it and it just doesn't fit. But then if you go get it tailored and you make it fit you, the same thing that fit them will begin to fit you, not because you're wearing the same thing, but because you tailor it to your body, you tailor it to what you look like. I think sometimes when we're listening to preachers, instead of stealing their cadence immediately, tailor it to you. See when you want to sound like them. See when you want, even if, if there's another way you can do it. I think it's essential and it's important for a lot of us young preachers, especially young. Like if you're listening to this, this is for like 30 and younger. I'll even say 35 and younger. As you're starting, find your own cadence, find your own way of saying things. The third thing that people tend to steal is quirks. And quirks are funny because quirks are more intuitive than they are intentional. Like Pastor Judah Smith, when I watched him preach a lot, and I know he still does it every now and then when I watch his sermon, he'll touch his face. This is this is like a, this is a, like this right here, right here, this is a Judah thing. You know, that's Judah. It, it's, it's a quirk, but it makes Judah Judah to me. A preacher's quirks are almost a stamp of their originality. Because when it comes to content, we're all kind of reading from the same Bible, so it's all going to sound similar. When it comes to cadence, we're all inspired by the same few preachers, so it'll sound a little bit similar. But quirks are like the stamp approval of originality. Um, the way Pastor Stephen gets when he really gets in the sermons is like he's just ready to go, flexing everything. But that's Pastor Stephen. You know, that's what makes him him. And I think a lot of us are trying to do intentionally what people do intuitively, and you can't steal another person's quirks. Don't try to be like them. Don't try to look like them. Don't try to lead like them. It is so important for you to be yourself. Stop stealing content. Stop stealing cadences. Stop stealing quirks. You are enough. I'm going to talk about that, but I just got to say this. The reason that you're trying to be them is because you don't think who you are is enough. And who you are is enough because God made you that way. He gave you those quirks. He gave you this personality. Make your sermon preaching process almost a display of who God has called you to be, not an imitation of who he's called another person to be. I think we've all heard this statement. You were born an original. Don't die a copy. You were born an original. Don't die being like somebody else. Be yourself. And I, I don't think the goal is not to listen to preachers or the goal is not to um, even acknowledge who you're inspired by. I think that's totally fine. But I think as you're young and you're preaching, don't stop exploring your sound. You know, don't just because you heard the first preacher that you like, explore a little bit. You may not have the time down the road when you have more eyes on you, when you have a bigger platform, when people are looking to you for influence, you may not be able to explore. Explore right now. I remember when I first started preaching, I would preach with the with illustrations. I preach with the lapel. I preach with the mic. I would preach quiet. I would preach loud. It was like seven or eight or nine sermons. I just did something completely different every time um, just to find out what fits me. I didn't want to stop in my exploration phase because I didn't know when God would release me and give me influence because there probably was going to be a day where I couldn't pretend to be other people. I was going to have to be myself. And I didn't know it was going to be that year. I, let me just say this to you right now for those who are listening. What if God opens up the world to you within this next year? What if you are the person that's going around the world inspiring other youth pastors, other young leaders, other students to follow God and to follow him with all they have and to walk in the God-given identity that they have and you're walking around, traveling around a year from now, imitating other people? How long is it going to take for you to get caught? 
because we're living in today's age and society where you can get caught like this. Now, maybe five, 10 years ago, it was so easy to steal a sermon or steal something because people weren't seeing it. But now with the age of social media and the way that we're putting out content, it's so easy to find out who's still in content and who's not being themselves. So I want to encourage you, God could open up the world to you. Don't teach those that follow you to be a version of another person. Don't teach those that follow you to be copycats. You're going to reproduce who you are if you're a copycat. You're going to reproduce it and you're going to get so upset when you see it happening in your leaders and you're going to wonder why are they copying this person, that person? Well, because you're copying that person and this person. So teach originality by walking in originality. And so there's a few things that I want to do to give you kind of some encouragement when it comes to being yourself and what that looks like. Now, being yourself is not going to be the most fun thing. It's not a fun journey in the beginning. There's a quote that I like by a guy named Herman Melville, and it says this, it is better to fail in originality than to succeed in imitation. It is better to fail in originality than it is to succeed in imitation. What is he saying? I'd rather you go down being yourself than you be at the top being somebody else. And I think that's important for us to hear. That's important for us to know. You feel comfortable when you're yourself. I feel comfortable everywhere I go because I decided I'm going to be Tyshawn Rowland. And I remember the first time I was given an opportunity to preach, I went over to Pastor Daniel Fernandez's house. I sat down with him. It was the day before I preached on a Tuesday. And I went through my whole sermon with him. I was like, this is how I'm going to open. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. I'm going to connect this and all these things. And he looked at me. He said, Tyshawn. I'm going to be honest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of this. I would more, more do it this way or that way because I think, I think they would like it better. And, I, and this wasn't out of pride, but as he was talking, I was like, I'm not going to listen to him. And it wasn't because I was being arrogant or prideful. I just knew that I rather failed being myself because what I was showing him was really me. It's what I really thought. The way I was sharing it was the way God really gave it to me. God didn't give it to me the way that he was describing it, so I couldn't get up and share it in a way that I didn't receive it. And if I would have shared it in a way that I would have received it, I would have taught myself to be somebody else that I didn't want to be. So that night, I got up, I preached a sermon called Look Now, November 14th on 2000, in 2014. I preached that sermon, and right before I got up, I said, Ty, whether this is good or not, be yourself. And you know what? From the age of 20, now turning 30 this year, I can honestly say this. I'm always myself. I try my best to be myself because if God wanted me to be Bishop Jakes, he would have made me Bishop Jakes. If God wanted me to be Michael Todd, he would have made me Michael Todd. If God would have wanted me to be Stephen Furtick, he would have made me Stephen Furtick, but he did it. He made me the weird man that I am, five, eight and a quarter and all. He made me Tyshawn Rowland. And so I decided, hey, if I fail tonight, and I'm, by, I'm like that, by the way, still to this day. When I get up and preach, I'm like, hey, if this bombs, I'm a bomb being myself. I'm not going to bomb trying to be somebody else because that's just awkward to watch. And so I want to give you five things that I think could help you be yourself. Five things that you could do right now that could help you be yourself. Number one, have a hard conversation with yourself. Don't don't wait for someone to have it. Have it with yourself. Do what I did when I was walking across the street, heading to the church, and I stopped and I said, Tyshawn, who is this? I want you to ask yourself right now with your leadership, with your preaching, with your voice, who are you? Are you really being the person that God has called you to be? Or are you secretly trying to be that guy? Are you secretly trying to be that girl? Have the hard conversation right now with yourself. 
save everybody work and save yourself the embarrassment by having the hard conversation right now. Ask yourself this, is this originally me? Does this sound like me? Is this true to the experiences that I have? Do I feel like I'm acting more than walking in the will that God has called me to be? What, what am I doing? Have some hard questions with yourself. Just sit down and evaluate yourself. I'll tell you something that I do even to this day. Right after I get done preaching, I will go and I will grade my sermon and I will ask myself some hard questions. Tashon, was that you? What were you trying to do? Oh, you were trying to get applause right there. That's exactly what you were trying to do. That's why you got distracted because they didn't applause. I just ha I asked myself some hard questions. Oh, Tyshawn, you, you should explain that a little bit more. You, I even do it with the podcast. I will I will go watch when the podcast episodes drops. I'm watching it too. <laughs> Y'all ain't the only one. I'm right there taking notes. And I'm not taking notes on what I'm saying, but I'm taking notes of how I'm saying it. Tyshawn, is that you? No, that's not you. If you listen to this podcast and you listen to my first podcast, you can see, okay, he's becoming more of himself. It wasn't people calling me. It wasn't people texting me. It was me having hard conversations with myself. And every week I think my podcast gets better because I get better. Not when it comes to my content. I just get better being myself. With this camera, with Daniel in the back, I just get comfortable. I'm comfortable being me. So number one, have a hard conversation with yourself. Number two, and this is going to help anybody that struggles with copying and stealing content. This is going to be so, so helpful for you. If you're going to copy someone's content, cite them when you're preaching. Because if you cite them when you're, when you're preaching, it'll prevent you from keep citing them. So if you get up, let's just say your favorite preacher is Robert Madu or Stephen Furtick, and you get up and you're like, Pastor Stephen Furtick said, that's fine to say it once. But then if you find yourself saying it six times in the same sermon, you're like, whoa, I probably shouldn't say it, say his stuff as much. And then it'll make you be more introspective and you'll say, well, what do I actually feel like this? Is there a way that I can arrive to what Pastor Stephen said in my own way? Now, that's what inspiration should do. It should inspire you to say it your own way and to guard yourself from stealing other people's content. Just cite it. it I remember when I started writing uh, Learning to Live Without, get the book. If you grew up without a father, you should get the book. I don't know if it'll bring your dad back, but it'll help you get healed. That was dark, I know, but it was dark when he left. So... And there's that. I remember when I was watching, uh, uh, writing this book, Learning to Live Without, when I first started writing it, um, there was a few things that I found from other people and I just put it in the book. And one of the editors that was editing my book said, hey, Tyshawn, where'd you get this from? I was like, oh, I got it from this person. They're like, where'd you get that from? Oh, I got it from that book. Where'd you get this from? Oh, I got it from that person. They're like, you're gonna have to cite all those people. So can you just say it yourself in a way that sounds more like you and true to your own experience. And when they said that, I was like, oh my gosh, it helped me one, it made, it, it made the work harder, but I trusted my work more because at least I knew, hey, if you grab this book, Learn to Live Without, you ain't gonna get Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud, you're not gonna get T.D. Jakes, you're gonna get Tyshawn Rowland. And the same thing is true when it comes to your preaching, cite, just cite them. And as you find yourself citing preachers more, you'll stop copying them and then you'll become yourself. Number three, ask someone to evaluate your sound. This is, this is where it gets hard because the first two were like, all right, I'll cite. All right, I'll have some tough questions, but then ask somebody. I remember this one conversation. I just became the youth pastor here um, at Free Chapel in Gainesville, Georgia. And I think I preached 
May, I preached some sermon and I was on the phone with one of my old youth pastors, someone who I call a lot, Pastor Javen Chavez, who I appreciate his uh, impact in my life a lot. And he tends to give me a lot of uh, truth. And I remember one day we were on the phone and he just said it out of nowhere. I was walking around my apartment. I was so happy because I just preached. I was like, what'd you think about it? He was like, I felt like you, you were doing too much. And I was like, who? I don't like you anymore, Jamin. I wanted to get off the phone. And then he began to elaborate. And I didn't ask him to. He just began to elaborate. I just feel like you're being too complicated. I feel like you're saying this is unnecessary. Like, Tyshawn, you're speaking to 12-year-olds. Like, really think about it. I got off the phone with Pastor Jabin. I sat down and I listened to like three or four of my sermons. And could you believe it? This man was right. He was right. I was overcomplicated. I was adding stuff. And I was listening to my sermon from the lens of a 12-year-old. And I was like, a 12-year-old, I just gave them six different books, seven hard words, quoted three theologians. They don't even know what a theologian is. And I'm just out here trying to get them to the altar. And then I'm putting piano in the background. I'm like, man, this is complicated. I'm grateful that I was able to talk to someone that told me, Tyshawn, you're being a little bit too complicated. How about you change this, you change that, and you arrive to that point a little bit differently, or you just take that out altogether. And I remember the evaluation of Pastor Javen Chavez helped me, Tyshawn Rowland, be a better preacher. If you want to get better in your communication, ask someone who is proficient in preaching to evaluate yourself and they will tell you hard things. And, and this is how you know you're talking to someone that really has your best in mind, especially if you're a young preacher. If you talk to someone and the only thing they give you is compliments, they don't have your best in mind or they don't feel like they can tell you the truth. You need to find someone that will tell you something that when you get off the phone with them, you never want to talk to them again. That's how you know you did it right, because now they're evaluating you. Now they're saying, hey, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. And we don't want to be ourselves because we don't think ourselves are enough. But who you are is enough. Who God called you to be is enough. Your experiences, your stories, your quirks and all, it is good. But find someone on the outside to help evaluate you as you preach. Number four. And this may be hard for somebody. It's simple, but it may be hard. Take a break from your favorite preachers. If you are struggling with imitating a preacher, stop listening to them. I'm not saying stop listening to them forever, but take a break. I had to fast Judah for a season. I had to fast T.D. Jakes for a season. I had to fast these preachers because I found myself loving who they were and loving how they said it and trying to cater my revelations to their sound and it wasn't working and so what i did for a season i just didn't listen to them anymore i didn't listen to them anymore to the point where when i started listening to them again it felt like the first time like i remember i didn't listen to pastor judah probably for three or four years i just didn't and i would still listen to some of his content here and there and it had nothing to do with him it just had to do with me i had to take a break because i knew who judah was i didn't know who tyshawn was I knew who Chris Hill was. I didn't know who Tyshawn was. So I made a decision to fast my favorite preachers so I could develop my preacher sound, so I could develop my voice. I'm not saying throw away preachers completely. I'm just saying for a season, take a break from your favorites. I think we should just listen to our pastor who preaches on Sunday sometimes and maybe two other people. But if you overwhelm yourself with a lot of sounds, it'll be hard to distinguish what's you and what's them and delineate the differences. So I want to encourage you, fast a preacher for a season. You will be surprised as your voice begins to flourish because their voice is beginning to diminish. Lastly, number five, know that you're enough. Know that you're enough. What, what made me stop listening to certain preachers, particularly I'll use Pastor Judah because I keep talking about him. 
when Pastor Judah would get up and preach, he would always talk about his dad, how much he loved his dad. Like you couldn't, I would say 80% of his sermons had a lot to do with Pastor Wendell Smith. The church I was at was uh, his sister's church and I met Pastor Wendell and Pastor Wendell was a amazing man and a great man. And honestly, if he was my dad, I'll probably talk about him the way Judah does too. But as I begin to listen to Judah, I realized that a lot of his preaching hinged on the relationship with his father, the way he talked about his dad in the, in the opening statements of the sermon. I didn't have a dad. So it was so hard to emulate something that I just didn't have. It didn't, it didn't fit. If I put mom where he put dad, the story wouldn't even sound right. So I had to stop listening to other people. And I had to know that Tyshawn, you're enough. And I think sometimes it's hard to feel that we're enough because we don't get the affirmation. We don't get accolades for being who we are in the beginning. When you first start being yourself, you feel like you're a stranger in your own skin and you don't really know how to be yourself. You don't know how to talk like yourself. But I'm going to say this. God created you to be who you are. Who you are is enough. If he wanted you to have their talents, you would have them. If he wanted you to have those quirks, he, you would have them. But who you are right now, you're enough. For the youth pastor that's listening and you feel like, well, I don't come from a ministry family. I don't have those experiences. That's fine. The experience that you have, God can use them. Well, I don't, I don't sound like that person. That's fine. The, the experience you have, God can use it. Sell out to who you are. Sell out to what you've been through and know that you are enough. And I love this about David. When David decided to strip off his armor, it's not like he just decided like, hey, I'm still going to fight with my bare fist. He said, no, I'm going to take what I know. There is something that you know. You know what your stones could do because you had some battles. And I liked seeing the fact that David told Saul, he said, listen, I fought a bear, I fought a lion, and all I had was a stone. And so if Saul heard that, if I was Saul, I'll be like, hold on, you killed a bear? You, you, you killed a lion with a stone? No, no one in my army has ever did. Let me watch this boy do what he said he did privately. Let me, let me watch this boy do this right now. You know, we've all secretly won some battles being ourselves. I, I noticed that the greatest impact I made on my friends was not when I was giving them borrowed wisdom. It was when I was giving them my wisdom. I know the greatest impact I had with students, it wasn't when I was imitating another person. It was when I was being Tyshawn. And so as I get opportunities that feel like big battles, I'm tempted sometimes to grab the armor of other people. I'm tempted sometimes to grab the weapons of other people. And instead of doing that, I have to do what David did. Oh, I'm not going to be like that. And I'm not going to be like that right now, at least. Maybe when I get older, I'll switch up on some things. And maybe when I get older, I'll be able to fit that. Maybe I'll be able to say that. But right now, I'm just going to be myself. Because who I am is enough. Because who he called me to be is enough. And I love this quote. The first time I heard it was from Christine Kane. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the call. So if you don't feel qualified with your voice, if you don't feel qualified in your preaching, if you don't feel qualified in your leadership, that's fine. As you walk in your calling, he'll begin to qualify you. He'll begin to teach you things and he'll, he, he'll begin to show you, hey, hey, don't be like that. Be like this. And there's nothing wrong. Like before I end this podcast, I don't want to say don't imitate at all because Hebrews tells us to imitate the faith of our fathers. I think sometimes we just decided to not imitate our faith. We just decided to imitate fathers and we stopped imitating the root and we just tried to imitate the fruit. And I don't think that's what God wants you to do. 
I think God wants you to look at your leaders that you're inspired by. There's so many leaders I'm inspired by. Pastor Jensen Franklin, Pastor Marcus Meekum, Pastor Jabin, Pastor Jared Neiman. There are so many pastors that I'm inspired by, but I don't listen to their stuff and say, I'm going to say that. I listen to their stuff. I get down to the root of it. I say, oh, I can do that. I may not be able to sing like Jabin. I may not be able to preach like Pastor Jensen, but I, I can say the say I can imitate the faith. I'm not going to try to imitate their fruit. I'm just going to imitate the faith. I want to encourage you. If you're listening to other preachers, imitate their faith. You're probably more attracted to their confidence than you are their content. You're probably more attractive to them being committed to the person, the man or woman God has called them to be than you are with the way they're saying things. I think people are naturally attracted to two things, confidence and originality. And the people that have both are the people that tend to do phenomenal things in this world and phenomenal things with the ministry they have. There's leaders watching you. There's students watching you. And students and leaders are all struggling right now with being themselves. Can you teach them the awkward insecurity of the journey of being themselves instead of teaching them what culture is already teaching them? Be like this, be like that, say like that, say like them. Instead, be yourself. Be who God has called you to be. Walk in your weird quirks. Walk in your weird, get your weird content, tell your weird stories. Be yourself because who you are is enough. You don't have to be like any other person. You don't have to act like another person. You don't have to sound like another person. You don't have to dress like another person. Be who you are called to be. And as you walk in that, you will raise up leaders in originality. You'll raise up students in originality. In fact, I think when you walk in who you're called to be, you help people walk in who they're called to be. I remember this one particular time as I end, um, I was having a few of our younger preachers kind of get up and preach. And so the way they would work, I would have them preach a sermon to just me and maybe another person. And then after we would grade them. And I remember Daniel Stango was behind the camera. He got up and he preached. It was like 15 minutes or something like that. And it was amazing. Like he, he did a great job. And as soon as he was done, he was like, and he looked at me like, I know I killed it. And he looked at me and he was like, what'd you think? I was like, bro, it was great. It just wasn't you. He was like, what? I said, it was me. I said, you were preaching like me. That's why I like it because it was me. But Daniel, I don't need you to be you. I need you to be, no, Daniel, I don't need you to be me. I need you to be you. I need you to walk in your gifting. I need you to walk in your talents. I need you to walk in your uniqueness. I need you to talk about what you've gone through growing up. I need you to talk about what God has gifted you for. Don't try to imitate Tyshawn because you don't have Tyshawn's grace. Be yourself because there's a, there's a, designated grace for your destiny that only you can walk in that belongs to nobody else except you and just like how we all have an individual thumbprint we all also have an individual sound and i want that sound to translate to your ministry to your leaders and to your students thank you so much for watching this podcast now before you go i want you to like I want you to subscribe. I want you to post about it. Can y'all do that? Can y'all help me out? I'm not, listen, this is free content. All you got to do is just post about it. So thank you so much. 